0: I'm here at the uh, San Francisco Game Developers Conference, and with me today is a special guest. How about you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Ryan Sharp, and I'm the executive producer for Anteater Games. Okay, and what is that? What is that exactly?
1: Uh, Anteater Games is the indie, indie development group that came out of the Game Development Club based out of the University of California, Irvine. Okay.
0: And And so
1: what game did you guys decide to do? Our first game, first completed game, is called Rock Candy, and it's a it's a 2D tile switching kind of puzzle game, uh, programmed primarily in Flash, and you know not meant to be anything really complicated, but just something that a couple of students could do while fitting it
0: around their class schedules. Yeah. Um, and how many students did you have working on this, and how did you organize that?
1: Uh, when, the pro- when the project started, the game development club had only six people in it, and uh, uh, now it's ballooned up to over forty. But the Rock Candy team
0: is still remaining uh, at just six people. And so you had six people. As you were developing this game, did more people try to come in or want to come in because now you had something to show, or how did that work?
1: Actually, it was kind of it was kind of
0: hard to find the six people initially to
1: start the start the club. And, and in fact, for the first, first uh, probably third of development, we didn't even have an artist. We had to use program art for the whole thing.
0: Okay. And you said you you mentioned Flash. Now, I don't think that's usually taught in classes. Um, how'd you go about using that? What inspired Uh It was mainly just
1: something that the programmers had done as a hobby, because you're right, the Flash is not a very often taught... Programming language, and in fact, there are no
0: Flash uh, classes that I'm aware of at the University of California, Irvine. So, um, so you start developing this. Did you start developing at the beginning of the year then? Yeah, it was beginning of the school year. Yeah, um, the game
1: development club started up at the beginning of the school year, and we kind of all came together and sectioned off people into teams, and each team started their own game and. Rock candy was just the
0: one that was lucky enough to finish first and did you um, did you guys have like weekly updates or, or how did you manage the development and what were some of the challenges you ran into as you were trying to finish the development because you said it took a, a whole school year to finish this
1: yeah uh, I mean being students, there's always the problem of midterms and finals and yeah. papers and such, and so we we did make a point to meet pretty much rain or shine uh, every at least once every single week at the you know same place same time, just as something some kind of milepost
0: to gauge our progress and sure. address problems. And um, did you have a playable demo as quickly as possible, or how, or how did the process work? Uh,
1: process actually went through a couple false starts. Uh, prototypes that wound up having to be scrapped and uh, code changes that wound up being pretty drastic. But, uh, yeah, the, the point was to get something playable as soon as possible, just to figure out if the design we had settled on was actually fun.
0: Okay. So, to get something playable, you started prototyping stuff and you decided you just played it and it wasn't fun? Or how did you decide? Or did you have other people come in and-
1: well the the game itself was all was always sound we we felt uh, the false starts had more to do with
0: programming and you know the the tack of how we're going to make the game work and um so you finish, uh, you guys are on the quarter system or the semester system? Yeah, UC Irvine's still on the quarter system, so... Okay, so you finish the, um, I mean, you have midterms, you have finals. I mean, did you? how'd you keep momentum? How'd you keep steam going through the second um, second quarter and stuff like that? Uh, because you guys haven't didn't finish a game before this, right? Uh... One of the and this was outside of class too yeah one of the team members actually
1: had worked in the game industry before, but other than that yeah this was our first real effort to make a game and uh, and yeah we did have to do this outside of classes we had to do it around our schedules and really there's not much to say as the how aside from just you know to have a good producer who was continually cracking the whip and always making sure that people were on task and concentrated and to help motivate them and
0: yeah, can you talk about the roles that the students played um, in this project? Did you just have all programmers, or what? Uh,
1: it breaks down. We had two. We had two artists. One for the user interface, and one for the backgrounds. Uh, we had two musicians. One for sound effects. One for um, the actual musical themes. Uh, we only had one programmer, which was which I suppose I should be really thankful that he was an excellent programmer. And then we had one designer slash writer slash producer who sort of kept the whole
0: project on track. And um, did you guys work during winter break, or how did that
1: work? Uh, breaks were kind of a hit and miss sort of thing because if they stayed home or stayed on the university, then it was an opportunity to get lots of work done. But if, say, they went they went home for the summer or
0: went home for the holidays, that was usually something of a black hole productivity wise. And um, any other challenges as you were completing this? Did you complete it at the end of the school year, or did you need the summer too? Oh, we used all the holidays, and I mean, it was it was more of a calendar year than a school year, so you know, we... Cool. And <clears throat> um, while you're developing this, were you attending other conferences, trying to get feedback from other game developers? Because your goal was to to make... Game and sell it, or, or what was the goal? The
1: goal is always to make a game and, and get it published. Not even just self publish but to go out and have a publisher look at this and say, "Yes, this is something that is professionally done that we want to publish." Because that's that more than anything else was the leg up we wanted to have leaving school over all the other uh, all the other graduates. Yeah.
0: And so, did you wait until the game was done to do that, or did you? Um Focus on it while, like, when was it beginning to look like this thing was definitely going to be completed? I think there comes a point where you kind of can see that this game is playable and workable, and it's, you know, it's actually a joy to, to finish it instead of like, hey, what's going on? I think it's probably about, actually, it took
1: it to, until about the 60 to 70% complete point okay. where it was, you know, this is more than just a project, this is a game, and what's more, that it's a game that is fun to play.
0: Yeah. And at that point, did you? Start showing it to develop or to potential folks that could pick it up or publish it. Now we decided we decided to
1: uh, hold off on showing publishers until it was all the way complete because the kind of leverage a publisher has over over a developer in terms of your IP rights and in terms of royalties and everything, when you're still asking them to fund its continued development, are enormous compared to the much reduced risk when you say, "Here's a
0: game, it's done. Do you want it?" Um, okay, so you finished this game. Um, what's what's what did you do to market it, publish it, or you know promote it, stuff like that? What's, what's that? well, um, as far as marketing goes, I'm
1: here at Game Developers Conference doing it right now. Okay. Uh, this because so you're, you're meeting with other folks that to publish stuff? Yes, the tomorrow I, I have tomorrow and Friday and Saturday, I have meetings all up and down the schedule with potential publishers
0: and developers and and, and how did you. Get in contact with these people. I mean, it seems like a big step from being a you know a little club and you know a student group to actually getting meetings with publishers. Well, it, you just have to get involved.
1: Things like the International Game Developers Association; uh, th- those meetings, we made all sorts of contacts in. Coming to prior game developers conferences and other trade show events like E three it's it's all about making contacts.
0: And it's just one of those things you have to work at, you have to grind it. Okay, so, so you do that, you've got contacts, you've got emails, so you, you email them, you set up these um, meetings. Why, why go through a publisher, why not try to self-publish? Self-publishing is saying that you've made something
1: that you felt is good enough to sell. And that's not really hard to do when you're the creator. To actually go out and get a publisher, somebody who's been in this industry a while, who's seen more than their fair share of independent games, and to have them say that, yes, this is something worth paying for and worth publishing, I just think it's the difference in the impact on a
0: resume between a slingshot and a trebuchet. And why not just get the audience that you're targeting this game at to play it and see what they say, see if they like it. Like you know, have, have those testers come in. You know, if you have 100 of those testers and they're addicted to the game, is that enough um, validation to say that you can self-publish?
1: I really don't think so, because, I mean, you know, any Indi- Newgrounds has... You know, dozens, hundreds of you know five-star rated games that have hundreds of fans that no self-respecting publisher would touch with a ten-foot pole. I mean, it really is just a different grade between the casual, the enthusiast, and the actual dedicated professional.
0: Um, so, what's next in store? Do you, are you six folks still together working on other games, or have you disassembled and work found other teams and started working on those? Well, the Game Development Club at the University of California, Irvine,
1: currently has six different game projects going on of various teams and team sizes, and so maybe we'll redistribute our talents among them, maybe we'll come back together. Um, the, the goal was never to be just an indie company. You know, The goal was to, to use this game to prove our various skills in, uh, in an industry context to because it's that classic industry trap of you need experience to get a job you need a job to get experience so we're just we're basically attempting to bypass the we're getting experience by doing it ourselves And having, and having a publisher validate that experience by, by taking our game and, and saying yes, this is professional quality, we're going to publish it, and so then we'll have the experience we need to get jobs at
0: the companies that we want to work for. So your goal is to leverage this project to get a job at another company as compared to starting your own indie studios. Right. None of us are interested
1: in trying to start a company from scratch. It's just, it is full of pitfalls and tears, and it's just an ugly picture. You know, I mean, you have to be half crazy to try to start a game company.
0: Sure. Um, you know, let's talk about your game development club. How did how did it go from 6 to 40? I mean, that's pretty awesome. And, and how how is everything being managed and morale being kept on all six projects?
1: Well, the club started when... Basically, a, a group of the computer science majors realized that there weren't, they weren't really being taught any skills that would uh, that would lead them to industry jobs. And to be fair, in recent years, the uh, the club has, um, sorry, the school has sort of altered its curriculum more towards like serious game development. Okay. But at the time the club started, which was many years before I came on board there was really nothing so it was just the the thought of getting uh game development experience at
0: school and um okay so but you had six when when you started or when you started this project i mean how does it go to 40 is it just year by year or did you change something or was it because you had a completed game or you had a demo to show maybe during those intro days that inspired people to be like wait i can actually i want to join this
1: uh, I think a big part of it was uh, we started leveraging our uh, IGDA contacts and other, and other co- industry contacts like that to bring speakers in. You know, When you have people from Blizzard and Obsidian and Insomniac coming in to talk about their jobs and talk about their roles in the industry and how to get jobs and things like that, that will bring people in. And then it's a short step from there to get them to stay on and join a team and start working on a project. And are these projects year-long projects, or is it by quarter? Um, We start them, and then we try and finish them. I mean, we have some projects that have been running for years and some projects that have been running for months. You know, I mean, usually on any given student, we've got about four years with them, so if we catch them as a freshman. So, you know, projects continue until... Either they're completed or occasionally, unfortunately, abandoned.
0: And what what are the top suggestions you have then for other students who want to start their own game or, you know, make their own game while they're in school? Uh, get involved. Like I said, you get involved with the students,
1: get involved with the faculty, get involved with the local game community. If you, if you have a, an International game Developers, game Developers Association chapter near you, you should definitely attend it. If you don't, you should contact the national uh, IGDA leadership and see you know, who is local. Maybe there's a chance of starting one in your area, but you just have to get involved. It's not anything you can do by yourself, unless you're
0: Jonathan Blow. Um, well, can't you form a team without having to go through IGDA and all these other organizations? Um, you can start your own team independently to an extent, right? Or, or it's just too hard, right? Well of course you can of course you can start a team on your own.
1: I'm just saying that you there are so many benefits to doing it that, you know, if you wanna choose hard mode for yourself, that's fine, but for me I'd like the extra lives
0: to start with. Yeah. And um, so what about Get Well Gamers or the the nonprofit group that you're talking about? Uh, the Get Well Gamers Foundation is a
1: California based five oh one C three nonprofit organization that is dedicated to bringing electronic entertainment to children's hospitals.
0: And is that something then the, your club, the, the Game Development Club, works on, or is it something separate?
1: It's something separate. It was, it's, uh, I started the foundation back in 2001. Uh, a couple of years before, I even got involved with the Game Development Club. So, yeah.
0: what, what inspires you to, to start the foundation?
1: Uh, I was ill a lot as a child myself, and so, sort of being in the hospital in that transition period in the, in the early 80s between when there was no such thing as home gaming to having the NES and the mass system and all those. The difference in a long hospital stay between having video games available and not is tremendous because video games, more than any other medium, have the ability to sort of draw you into their world and out of your own world. And it really just enables people to forget that they're sick.
0: And um, I guess what what are you doing now to enhance the cause and get other people to? I mean, like, what's what's the plan for this year? Uh,
1: well, this year we just got our paperwork done with the Canadian Revenue Agency, which is their version of the IRS. Sure. So we are looking to expand our operations uh, up north, and we already have three Canadian hospitals, and we're looking to add more. Okay. And do you then just collect games and bring them there, or, or what's? how does that work? Uh, the basic MO of the foundation is to collect used games and game systems from ordinary gamers and with occasional help from industry people like uh, we've got recently donations from Ubisoft and uh, Black Lantern Studios, High Voltage Software, etc. And uh, we will just ship them uh, games, systems, accessories, controllers, you know whatever they need, we will try to provide and
0: do you visit any of these hospitals too or is it...
1: occasionally we we, we do uh, in person installations uh, every so often, but it's you know it's really it 's a hard cost to justify when we could be spending the money yeah. of those plane tickets and hotel stays just sending more stuff to more hospitals sure yeah
0: so what's what's next in plan then for the upcoming
1: year? Um, well, there's actually kind of an interesting tie-in between the game club and the uh, foundation in that we're angling to have a percentage of the proceeds of Rock Candy go towards the foundation, if it, if the publisher agrees, because it's just a, a nice way to help fund uh, what is normally not a very you know money-making operation. Sure.
0: And so thanks very much for the interview. What are the websites that folks can visit to find out more about either Rock Candy or Get Well Gamers and and any other thing, like the student club? Uh,
1: Well, for the Get Well Gamers Foundation, the address is www.getwellgamers.org. And for Rock Candy, the website is www.clubs.uci.edu slash vgdc. Thank you very much.